Welcome to another edition of Fan Bros. On this episode, we deep dive animation with Giancarlo Volpe, and we found out that some young folks have finally discovered Missy Elliott. Where has she been? Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Welcome, Internet, to another episode of Fan Bros. This is your girl, Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, who is actually filling in for Captain DJ Ben-Ani. He's over in Ethiopia, rocking the house for thousands of people with his amazing DJ skills. But, as always, this is the voice of the Urban Geek, so I am joined by... Chico Leo, the Jaguar Prince, the Mad Monk... Wookie from Brooklyn. You sounded. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. Anything? Else, <laughs> I don't know. Anything else you want to share yeah, with the class? Yeah. Are you Are you sure, Chica? I'm one of those things. Okay. Also, we have Ty the Robot, aka Katy Perry's left shark. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, welcome back. Hi. This is it. You're, you're on, on a roll now, man. This is a two. Episode three for me. Yeah, thir- three in a row, right? N- no. No. Se- second no, left second shark. In the row, All right. Though. Second left shark. What are you talking about? Yeah, the sharks from her Super Bowl performance. But why would you, as Ty, not choose the tiger? Was there a tiger? Yeah, she came in. There was a bunch of crap. Oh yeah, well, she, I didn't Super watch it. And I know riding she, on a, like, that, that big fake a, lion yeah. that looked like it was out of thunder. Oh, it was a lion, not a tiger. Okay, so there you go. Well, the song was called Roar, right? Right. I assume lion when I hear roar. Alrighty. Well, since we're talking about the Super Bowl, I did want to mention: Did you guys see Missy? Who didn't see Missy? Who? Didn't. As far as I'm concerned, that was Missy Elliott featuring Katy Perry. Well, right. actually, Chico Leo didn't see Missy. Because he hasn't watched, he, you don't watch Super Bowl in like I, the last 15 years. I right? haven't watched Super Bowl, yeah, since, I mean, they were doing Not like even Monster.com. No, I didn't watch you it. You didn't even stream it. No. I watched Serena, though, Friday night, so I did watch sports. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so Ty, I'm going to talk to you about this. So, How amazing was Missy's performance? Well, I didn't realize she was doing that. Like, I didn't, I didn't look at any of the press for the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. I knew Katy Perry was doing the halftime show. I didn't know Missy Elliott and Lenny Kravitz were going to pop up out of nowhere and surprise me like that. Thank you for saying that, because I forgot Lenny was even there after Missy me came out. too. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really do much. I'm surprised yeah. she had him on I Kissed a Girl. But mm-hmm. um, it was great to see Missy, and I'm glad I still remember the choreography from Loose Control. Right. Missy is definitely a fan, bros, for those that don't know. She is really into geeky stuff, if is you she? will. Oh, she yeah. is. She really is. Oh, that's good to hear. We're going to get her on this show, too. Oh, we are? Believe that. Big things in 2015. Yeah, so one thing I want to mention about Missy is that there's a big thing going on that after she came out and did her thing, or even while it was happening, the internet was ablaze with young people saying, who is this woman Katy Perry brought out? <laughs> Katy Perry about to put her on. That was fu- that was my favorite part. The kids talking. Oh, what? Who's this young rapper so, who's gonna blow up now from <laughs> Katy Perry? So th- this is what I wanted to talk about because I saw that on Twitter and I wasn't as surprised. Everyone, not because I didn't think Missy Elliott was dope, but I mm-hmm. I feel like I I feel like the public has a much shorter memory than most people, 
And I remember having a conversation less than a year ago that I said that anyone born this year is not going to know who Michael Jackson is. Mm. And everyone I had that conversation with thought I was insane. But Missy Elliott, I mean, we're talking, she's, I mean, obviously not of the stature of Michael Jackson, but I mean, Missy Elliott, you know, 10, 12 years ago was on the covers of like well, her last dozens al- of her magazines. Last album came out in 2005. Right. So, so I understand. So I don't that's, know, well, I don't right, know that's about 10 Michael years Jackson. ago. I don't know about Michael Jackson because his music is even interlacing other people's music now and he always keeps coming up. I mean, I'm, every I'm, every Halloween they pay Thriller. I'm, so. not yeah. trying to, I'm not trying to put anybody, I'm just saying like the public's, you know, memory is very, 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 Missy, yes. very short. But yes. even just the fact that people could believe when Jesus Nice put on Twitter, you know, made that joke about Paul McCartney. Oh, this new this right. new artist that you know. <laughs> right. So this is the new Paul McCartney well, joke. Right. This is the new Paul McCartney joke. But the joke wouldn't have traction if people didn't believe that there were people out there who didn't know who Paul McCartney was. True. And then apparently people didn't know who Missy Elliott was. But even on her own Twitter, she was like, "I'm glad that this gives me a chance. Oh to hell yeah, get introduced right. to the younger crowd. Yeah. They're gonna know that I've been in this game for X amount of years. Right. And I'm still killing it." Missy, I'm really bitter, by the way, because I'm waiting for this album. I've been waiting for this album for a long ass time. Well, she's been still been putting out music, like. I mean, she's been writing for other people. Yeah. And she's put out what one thing like four years ago. Well, she's been doing a lot of features and producing. Mm. No, so. I, I want the album. Don't don't make this be your detox, please. In in an, in another <laughs> life, in a former life, I reviewed CDs for Vibe, and one of the first issues that I reviewed, Missy Elliott was on the cover. Oh. So yes, she and I have a. A professional connect, relationship that goes back, you know, many years. You and her are besties? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Remember how we were all up in arms about Oscar snubbing yeah, we Selma? Yeah, we were. And kind of still am, right? So uh, mad about it. The rage is still there. Like, there's really no reason why, right? Is, is everyone I mean, there's on the a reason page? why, but we don't want to get into all that. Well, but since we're here. Well, since we're here, and I'm so happy... Mr. David Oyello, the star of Selma, one of the stars of Selma, came up and told the truth. Yeah, he did. During an interview at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, he said that he believes that, quote, we as black people have been celebrated more from when we are subservient, when we are not being leaders or kings or being in the center of our own narrative, driving it forward. He's right. I mean, that's, yeah, that that's part of what I keep sort of coming back to, that, you know, where are all the black heroes, the black cowboys, mm-hmm. the all that other stuff, and that we do tend to uh, see movies that, you know, th- there has been this exclusion right. of people of color in general. I mean, you know, white people took the Mexicans' land and then made them the bad guys in all their westerns. I mean, it's not just that yeah. they took these people's land. So I, 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 I think that's obviously all. I, I, I think that I agree with what he's saying, right. and I think that it's related to the fact that what movies get made featuring people of color and, and black people. They, I mean, and, wh- which stories are the ones that they're telling? Right. And, and it's David not even just the subservient roles. Like, they, 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 they award us for the roles that are like, oh, you're servants. Oh, you're a drug dealer. Oh, you're, you're a maid. gangster. You're a mammy. Or, you're a or, bad parent. Or in Blood Diamond, why did Jimon Hansu need need you know Leonardo DiCaprio to help him find his son or his family? And you know, why did Forrest Whitaker yeah. need James McAvoy in The Last King of Scotland? Right, exactly. Right, exactly. And that's, that's exactly what David. O- although Yidi Amin is upon. not a hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But that's yes. no, but that's the whole. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not. Yeah, a hero. absolutely. Right. No, 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 no. But, you're right. You're but right. But that's exactly what David touched upon during this interview because he said. 
uh, he kind of repeated the, 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 the mantra a lot of people think that is one, it's hard to get a lot of black movies, quote unquote, black movies made. And two, when there are movies where we're not the bad guy, it's even worse. Right. And then he went on to, pr- to name all of these crazy movies where it's like we're always in the gutter. Right. We're ne- yeah. We can never come up. So, like I said, David knows what's up. I'm glad that he yeah. said that publicly and that this got picked up by a lot of media outlets. I just don't want this to be a, 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 an instance of let's tear down the other film so that we can build up Selma. Because right. t- while 12 Years a Slave, yes, the content sucks, it did introduce us to Lupita Nyong'o and a lot of other uh, actors and actresses that we might not, that the mainstream might not have been introduced to. So let's not tear down those movies just so we can say Selma's great. Because Selma's great, Selma's great on its own. It doesn't need to, like... You don't need to tear down the other films to bring it up. I agree with you. I mean, and he, I mean, he did give kudos to like Twelve Years a Slave, things like that. His issue is that um, until you see things like, well, really much until Twelve Years a Slave and The Butler, you know, although they both did very well, like films like that are told through the lens of the white protagonist. Yeah. So even, you know, not to say, not to put it down, it's just at the same time, this is not even told through. Uh, it's not like a quote unquote black story. So I think that's also something that we're gonna have to continue to 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 uh look into what go ahead Kim, i was got? gonna say <clears throat> the other thing that's um told through the lens of the white uh protagonist is star trek thank you oh my gosh <laughs> i can't believe i let you come through on that really we're going back to that anyways and star wars isn't uh wait a minute yeah what about star this wars is a, this is a debate for another show yeah but, uh, yeah keep going mm-hmm. anyways <laughs> more movie news more movie news did you guys see Throne of Atlantis? I did. <sighs> like, <do> Same you... <laughs> exact reaction. <laughs> I've been waiting to have this conversation. Okay, yes. Justice League Throne of Atlantis uh, got released a few weeks ago in digital download, and last week it got released in a physical form. Congratulations to WB and DC. Right, it's right. great. We also interviewed the cast during New York Comic Con. We did, mm-hmm. uh, but let's talk about the film itself. Uh, right. I'm not a fan. I have to agree with you. I'm, uh, I'm, I wasn't a fan either. Did you see it? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Don't no. waste your time. Yeah. Well, we're going about to ruin it for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to give it to, I'm not going to reveal the plot or spoil yeah. anything for you because you should see it on your own and form your own opinion. I'm not sure what DC is doing by taking the New 52 plots and themes and applying them to their animation because this was a sequel to Justice League War, right? Yes. Okay. So War is uh, based off of the beginning of uh, JLA in the New 52. And with Dawn of Atlantis, we got Aquaman's introduction. And what the movie did was really, really did a great job at developing Arthur Curry, the man. Hmm. Uh, the first half of the film is really dedicated to him and his history and what his experience with his parents like and finding out his, her- his, uh, his heritage as an Atlantean. But once we get to him being a hero kind of gets rushed and you don't get the same reaction of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm half human? I'm half Atlantean? <laughs> what? Because you would think after living X amount of years as a human, finding out that you're more than that would be kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Right. But it's not. And he kind of just like, oh, OK, I'm Aquaman. Right. I think part and of suddenly becomes a leader. I think part of that was also because it had a short runtime. That's one of the major things. I don't know why it was so short for it to, was, to yeah, try it to was explain. Like you said, he kind of they kind of dump him in the in the realm of, OK, you're the king now. And he's just like, OK. And exactly. All of a sudden he it's accepts very this without any kind of questioning or any kind of like just conflict. I, and like I said, this is not going to ruin anything for anybody. But this version of Aquaman is basically a drunk. So for him to go literally really? have that alcoholism. Yeah, the, first, the first scene, he's talking to a, a, a lobster at a bar. Right. So, and he's drunk. He's, and he's drunk. So so for him, and, wow. this is, this, and that's in, been in trailers. So it's something we could talk about. It, it, for, for you to go from full-blown alcoholism to all of a sudden you're king of an underwater kingdom, right. like, 
and 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 to do it within a span of I think it's like a seventy minute movie. Not even. Not even. It's less than an hour. Like that was hard. So I I, I do. It's less than an hour. Yeah, it's short. It, wow, that, that is. It can't weird. be any more than. And, and does his alcoholism somehow lead him to become leader? Nope. Like, because Doctor do Strange <laughs> in the in the original Doctor Strange, he was an alcoholic, and he performs uh, surgery, and because his hands are shaking, he messes it up, gets fired, and that's what leads him right. to go on his quest. To that that ends up with him as Doctor in, Strange. In this case, although they try to do it for dramatic effect to say, okay, you started from the bottom, now you're here. It's not even it that. Didn't it's, even work. Like I wouldn't that. say right. he was an alcoholic in the beginning of the movie um something happened with his family and he's grieving that's why he's right, okay. drunk most of the time so i understand he was that a, he was drunk but for it's a also while. mocking the whole it's clearly mocking the holy talks to fish thing by having yeah him right talk to a yeah that's okay. so there's, there's but that's reasons, starting but... off on a weird yeah on but a like weird i note. said they spend a good amount of time developing him as a him as the arthur carry the man right that that part of the movie fantastic Fine. right when it gets to the the hero stuff and him dealing with the villain of the film which i'm not going to spoil go buy the movie watch it yourself uh, it it just feels rushed, and it just right. feels like, when how do we get to this climax? When did this happen? My other concerns, just for the most part, were was also the animation. I didn't really care for all the. It was too like it's too square jaws. I didn't. Really oh well, like that's that more much. of the design standpoint. I, I, I like Phil Barassa as a character designer. I think he does great work. I I, I didn't care, and also the 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 the. the <sighs> dialogue it oscillated Oof. between amazing mm. and laughable. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aquaman is a tough nut to crack, and I'm just wondering: Do you think this is going to affect in any way, like the you know the upcoming Jason Momoa Aquaman? No. I have a feeling they're going to go in a completely different they're route. Go right, different. But are they going to go in a different r- direction because this one wasn't? No, I don't think this be? is okay. going to affect the film at all. Okay, no, I don't think so. I will say one of the highlights of the film is uh, his love interest Mara. She's one of the better parts of the film, but she's kind of kind of just like a redheaded uh, Wonder Woman in the right. film. So, huh. so with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. This is Guy Rute, CEO of War Media. I have no fucking idea what they're talking about on this, but I still check out the Fan Bros Show. And welcome back, Fan Bros, to this fantastic episode. I am so excited that you've joined us today because we have a very special surprise for you. Ty, who made this surprise be? We've got a big surprise for the Fan Bros today. Our special guest is known for his work on such shows as King of the Hill. What? Star Wars Clone Wars, okay. Avatar The Last Airbender, Oh, that's my jam. and one of my personal favorites, Green Lantern the Animated Series. Word. Yeah. Who is this, Who is this mystery person? Well, we'd like to welcome to the Fan Bros, Giancarlo Volpe. Woo! Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited to hear from you, man. I am so happy to be here. I was just... Just just saying that I was listening to Fan Bros on the way to work the last couple of days. I love it. You oh. have a new, a new listener. Awesome. So you're going to tell everybody, right? Yeah. You better. Starting today. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to kick this right off. Right now, we want to talk about just you and all of your animation work and all the big, I guess, excitement around it right now uh, right now you have a tumblr and the top post is about the restriction um that batman the animated series was not actually allowed to murder anyone on screen because it was oh, a children's yeah. show yeah. <laughs> now you have to go you have to explain all that first of all where what, is that true oh i'm sure it must be i mean for the record, I didn't work on Batman, but because I got to work with Bruce Tim, I got to hear these stories all the time. And it's something that we're constantly battling 
um, most of the guys in the industry, especially in the action genre, kind of resent that they think of animation as strictly children's entertainment. Mm. So we're always looking for opportunities to kind of push the envelope. And, um, you know, the flip side of the coin, and I get this, is that it's a business and their target demographic is six to 11 year olds. So, you know, parents get really nervous when you start murdering characters, and, you know, <laughs> doing that type of thing. So it's a common note um, right. that, you know, either you can never show a character get killed or if you do, it has to be off screen or, you know, it kind of fluctuates depending on what show you work on and what studio you work for. Right, right. But I thought that that was a great story in that in, in insisting that the Joker never kills anyone on Batman the Animated Series, the replacement that they came up with is that you just kind of yeah. sit there with this frozen smile on your face. Yeah, and that's so that's more terrifying than actually dying. Right. Yeah. All the implied death is very specific to me. <laughs> like, I think right. anyone would get it. Yeah. Um, Bruce actually had a really good story, too, about, um, I guess it, there, was a, there was an episode where they did, like, the, not the death of, um, or it, it might have been the death of Batgirl, but Commissioner Gordon's, you know, um, daughter oh. gets thrown out of a window and crashes mm. on, a, <laughs> on a car. I think bed. I remember this episode you're, you're bringing up. It's kind of like Batman has a nightmare and all of, like, uh, Batgirl gets murdered and he's blamed for it? Yes, I think that's the one. So mm. the, the, the network or whoever had a huge issue with the way it was depicted. So um, they, they settled on changing the camera angle. And so the camera angle that they went with was actually inside of the car. So it was more from Commissioner Gordon's POV. So it was like watching this body land right in front of him. And somehow they were cool with that as opposed to the previous camera angle. And so... Bruce was like, it was worse. Like it, it, it was more horrifying that they settled on that camera angle. So it was another one of those kind of. Well, yeah, that was really scary because she just fell right on the car. Yeah, (laughs) but you know, it's one of these dances that we do all the time to try to appease them and try to, you know, keep the show as edgy as possible. (laughs) Did you face any similar challenges like that when you were working on Green Lantern? One of the things that has changed, at least in recent years, and again, this goes back and forth is they didn't care that we said the word kill or murder, and they didn't care that we saw deaths on screen. So, you know, we we used that when we could. I mean, a lot of the fans actually uh, said that Green Lantern had a high body count. <laughs> Which again, you know, I, I hope I'm not coming across as someone who's just obsessed with, with murdering people, because that's, that's, really, <laughs> that's not my personality at all. But, um, you know, it's a useful tool in storytelling um, that any, you know, the stakes are a lot higher when anyone can die at any moment. So, um, yeah, for some reason they were okay with it. So that was one of, those reasons, one of the reasons why we got that out of the way very early in, in the series where you saw um, Razor and Zox murder a Green Lantern in, like, the opening sequence. Oof. Just to kind of, like, let everyone know, oh, by the way, this can happen in the show. You certainly didn't have a problem showing people getting murdered in uh, in Clone Wars, or was that oh because they were clones, or right. <laughs> you know, well, and not? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the the story with that was originally that show was this is unheard of. Like George Lucas had damn near twenty two episodes in the can before he even had a network signed on, right? 
So he was just doing whatever he wanted to. And some of the episodes were like 26 minutes long and some of them were 34 minutes long. Like it was just all over the place. And then finally, when you signed, when, you know, when Lucasfilm signed a deal with Cartoon Network, you know, it came with the clause that like, you've got to cut this down to the time and um, maybe back off some of the debts. <laughs> but um, so there, I, I remember there was a couple instances where like Asajj Ventress with like the head of clone or something with mm. the lightsaber. And we had to, we had to cut that out or sort of imply it more than show it um, explicitly. But that but, stuff yeah. can be found on the DVD and the Blu-ray, right? <laughs> like those are, is, the are, are they? Oh yeah, are are the are the longer are you know are the longer more violent uh, stuff from the Clone Wars on the DVDs and Blu-rays? That's a good question. They, I remember at the time they were always asking for bonus scenes, right? It's such a draw for for DVD and Blu-ray. But the the tricky thing with animation is you don't have a lot of like cutting room floor footage. Um, yeah, because everything funny. is kind of planned prior to animating because it's, it's such a meticulous, tedious job. You just don't have like, you know, 10, ten minute sequences that didn't make the cut. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible. They, they, might have, they might have put the extended. Here's a good way to find out. If you look at the runtime. Right. And the duration is longer than 22 minutes, and you're probably getting. I think it. I think they are. I think I've actually checked that, and I think that they are longer on there. And yeah. I, I definitely found a disconnect watching that when it would say it was for seven-year-olds and what the commercials were, because I watched Clone Wars as it aired. And, right. you know, the show was definitely for me, but the commercials were definitely not. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. if that show was really for seven-year-olds. Um, but I, yeah. I, I have a serious question as as a Clone Wars fan, and maybe you don't know the, the answer, but what happened to Ahsoka Tano? Oh, well, you know what? You're, you're going to love and hate this response because um, it, won't, it won't tell you much. But there, as I recall, there was a debate um, between our supervising director, Dave Filoni, and George Lucas. Um, George was convinced that ah Ahsoka should die. And Dave, you know, as, as sometimes happens when you really spend a lot of time with these characters, um, you know, you, 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 they're like a daughter or something to you. I mean, you, you start to care for them. And he always felt it was too easy for Ahsoka to die. And it, and it was too, like, just, that's what happened to every other Jedi. Right. And what makes her special is she walks away from the Jedi Order. And that kind of indirectly saves her life. And you got a hint of that if you watched the, um, the season finale, where she, she basically just calls it quits. And so, you know, the, the, the biggest question is, you know, um, would we ever see her in, in like another film or something? Or in Rebels. Star yeah, Wars I Rebels. Mean, oh my God, that's the perfect place to yeah, I mean, I, I wonder. I, I definitely do wonder that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know again legally what right. the restrictions are, especially because it jumped from from Cartoon Network to, to Disney. Disney, of course. But they did. I mean, there was a scene where they showed um, uh, uh, Luminara and Dooley, and that that scene gave me chills because it was like, oh, sh they got Luminara in it, and then. Um, it ended up being sort of a dream. It was kind of an illusion, I guess. It was like a hologram. And, right. Uh, you know, they revealed that it was just a corpse and she had kind of a mummified 
looked to her, which I was, I was pretty surprised that they got away with that on the Disney Channel. That's awesome. Giancarlo, I want to let you know that one of the many reasons why we wanted you on the show is because you seem very invested in your work. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even from like your Tumblr, like you, you, you speak a lot about storyboarding, storyboarding and storytelling and how that whole all works and the complexities behind it. Uh, you know, what is it about some creatives that like they just don't even really care about the work that they put their name on? Like you seem to be completely opposite of that. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. First of all, um, I, I think it's like a blessing and a curse. Like I just really want animation to be bigger and more important than it is. We agree with you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for being, we completely agree with you. And I just, and it's something that just, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're an artist in any capacity, whether it be a, a writer or, or, or a filmmaker or a musician and you just want to get something off your chest mm. you just want to express yourself and and you're constantly being told no you can't say that because um you know that's something that that's hard to 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 reconcile and so it it's just it may just be my battle until you know i retire or die <laughs> that i'll just be like trying to push it <laughs> i you know I, I think that i'm and you know, please don't get me wrong. Like, I love that there are really silly shows out there that are great to just watch with your four-year-old. Um, but that shouldn't be all animation ever is. I agree. Absolutely agreed. And you're you're also by by sort of showing people how the sausage is made. I feel like you're also promoting the art of animation, just in the sense of you know I I feel like there's a lot of people can find out how movies are made or regular TV shows, but animation is still something that the average person who watches a lot of animated shows might not necessarily know something about. And on your Tumblr. And and just you're 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 free with with telling people. A lot of people like to keep their trade secrets, you know, close to the close to the vest. And and you're out there telling people and showing people like how it's done and how you do stuff. Even just in talking, there, I you know, we could have had this conversation could have gone really differently about like Ahsoka, you know, where right. you were saying, oh, well, I don't know, you know, legally who owns that character or you know, just just the point is you're you're down to talk about stuff at, with fans and and with fan bros. And, and with people in general and I feel like that goes away towards you know promoting yeah. and showing animation can be more than just My Little Pony right, no offense right. to My Little Pony <laughs> hey I like My <laughs> right, Little Pony right. I, mean, I, mean, I mean and it shows in your work John Carl like it shows in Green Lantern I know you have what's called the Fanterns who are like really yeah. into the show I mean and you apparently you get a lot of love for this especially in your Tumblr and I know there's got to be another side to it like have you encountered any anybody who's either on the negative side or even some prejudice well one of the biggest battles was when we announced that green lantern was canceled Mm -hmm. Um, i was actively lobbying to prove the powers that be wrong because i really believe that we had something special with that show as well as with young justice and you know i I, for the record did not work on young justice but you know my, my peers did and you know I thought we had something really going strong with that DC Nation blog. And um, I just couldn't help but feel like they were throwing in the towel too early and not giving us a chance to really get our legs under us. So I did what I thought was a sensible thing, was I went to the fans and, and asked them, like, how do you feel about this? And didn't really realize what a 
you know, rabid <laughs> raging storm I had summoned by doing that. Um, but they were all overwhelmingly positive and supportive. And, mm. and um, you know, they did all types of things like, like uh, they would get Green Lantern and Young Justice to trend every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Twitter. Um, just trying to get Warner Brothers or DC or Cartoon Network's attention. And at a certain point, um, you know, some of, some of those guys called me and basically told me to back off because um, I know I was messing with their programming wow. schedule and their future plans. And That's so, I, you know, I, I feel a little bitter that um, they shut it down. And, and you know, to be, in the interest of being fair, because I don't mean to, to drag any of their names through the mud, Mm-hmm. But they're they're trying to protect their reputation, and it's like if they make a call like that, they don't want one of their own speaking out against them. But mm. on the same token, I'm like, look, I learned this when I worked at Roundtable Pizza. <laughs> the customer is always right. <laughs> so if they order a pepperoni pizza and you hand them a pepperoni pizza and they say, what the F is this? I ordered a vegetarian. The correct response is not no, you said pepperoni. It's, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, I will get back in the kitchen and make you a vegetarian. <laughs> and that's what how you keep people happy and how you keep them coming back. So if your fans and your, your viewer base is saying, we want more Green Lantern and Young Justice and shows like that, get it to them. What is the problem here? I mean, I, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. So you actually touched upon it Uh, a few moments ago, you had mentioned how sometimes it's hard to get people to accept animation as maybe a serious media. Uh, And, you know, I could imagine that maybe it was a little difficult, particularly at the beginning of your career, to kind of explain to your family or friends, you know, what you were doing. And so how did you, how did you do that? Like, how did you, did you have to ever convince anyone? Like, you know, this is a real job or was it more that, oh, you know, I'm doing my thing. And everyone was just like, you know what? Do it. You're awesome. I think I was lucky in that my family was very supportive from, from day one. Um, when I said I wanted to be an animator, uh, my dad was just like, well, just keep working hard at it. And who knows, one day you can pull it off. You know, he, he was really uh, kind of matter of fact in his positivity, I guess. <laughs> um, That's refreshing to hear because there are a lot of artists and out there whose families don't really understand what they're doing and wondering why they don't get a more practical job or what they think is a more practical job. So it's good to, to hear that people support their families and it, it shows in your work that you've had people behind you like pushing you to do better. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I even thought maybe it was cultural. Like I feel like, because I'm, I'm Italian-American and I feel like one thing Italian people are is very proud of, of their artists. You know, they still yeah. act like Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. <laughs> you know, was from the 1960s or something. Like, they still talk about him. So if you say you want to be an artist, at least in my family, it was never frowned upon. They, they, they always encouraged it. So, you know, I think that that, that went a, a long way in, in not deterring me from, from pursuing it. Good. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of what Chico and Tatiana brought up before. Now, you seem to be very transparent on Tumblr with the behind the scenes of animation, the production, yeah. the, uh, everything that goes into it. And you don't have a problem telling your fans or even the people that just follow you on your Twitter or your Tumblr how this works or what they can do to be better. What made you want to be so open about um, teaching almost? 
Uh, it's a good question. I don't know that I can boil it down. I mean, the, the thing that I say a lot is, look, I just want all of you guys to make better animations so one day I can retire and just watch it. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is a lot. I mean, there's a part of me that, you know, I'm sorry, but if I, if I made a hit show and could retire <laughs> early, I probably would. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, that, that may never happen. Um, but I, I think there's, there's a multi multitude of things like, for example, on Avatar, I felt like we learned so much in such a short amount of time on how to do, you know, a, a really great, high-quality and um, uh, action show, and it, the learning curve was so hard, and it was so hard to staff for that show. Like, how do you ask other your friends who have never worked on a show like that to do that type of work? Um, and I, and I just realized that if I could just spread that knowledge around, um, it would just be easier to staff up if we were to ever do something like that again. Like, and one of the things that, one of the ways that has paid off is, and this is unfortunately part of me getting older, is um, some of the crew that I hired on Justice League Adventures grew up on Avatar. Oh, wow. So they were studying those storyboards and those shots. So you kind of um, taught them anyway. Wow. Yeah, indirectly. And and to me that was like proof that, that this will pay off and, and I, I, I just kinda like that. I, I I don't feel at all greedy about it or, or whatever the word would be that I'm trying to you know keep all the knowledge to myself. Like no, like I will keep teaching and, and I believe it'll come back my way as well. Good. Let's <laughs> Let's talk about some of the new stuff that you're working on. Um, there's, you've been teasing a lot about your new webcomic, God of Love. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I didn't even know the title of it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're really excited about it because we need some details from you. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Oh, it's great. I can, I can start promoting it with you guys. Yay! <laughs> so I was really inspired by the legend has it that... Um, uh, uh, oh, God, what's the author of Game of Thrones? George R. R. Martin. Yes, I kept wanting to say token, but George R. R. Martin. It's the R, uh, you know, J.R.R. and George yeah. R. And... That's with all the authors of the R. But I, um, the, the legend has it that he came up with Game of Thrones because he was a burned-out TV writer and he was just tired of people saying what you can and can't do. And so he wrote a book that he, he felt was unproducible. Have you heard this before? No. No. Yeah. I mean, that's... It, so he wrote it specifically because he knew, you know what? There's no one ever going to be gonna... able to turn this into, yeah. Welcome to yeah. 2015. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and look at how that turned out for him. Right. So I, I really, I wrote down this list of 10 things that um, animation never lets me do. And my, my intent is to break all 10 of them in full, <laughs> full glory over and over again. <laughs> and so... That's what God of Love will hopefully be. Um, it's a little scary because it's hard to have a day job and then make a comic on the side. Mm. But I'm trying to test the waters and see um, if this is something that fans or, or readers really want. Um, well, and so we'll see. Well, I mean, Ty's a big fan. Are, are the fans really sitting here for this? Are yeah. Are they here for this We're comic? kind of waiting to see what the next big Gian <laughs> Giancarlo Volpe project is. Because I've been waiting since Trapped in Time to see what, you've got, what you're going to do next. 
Well, that means a lot to me because you know, there's times when I'm working on this and I'm just like, am I wasting my time? No one's gonna read this. What? So I care. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is unfortunately how, how a lot of us. I could log on to Tumblr right now and see 20 posts about people waiting to see what you're gonna do next to them. Oh wow. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will grow from there. I mean, I'm, I'm just really. I think my goal is to get something out by um, Valentine's Day because obviously. The name of the show is God, or excuse me, it's the show, the, the webcomic is, is God of Love, so love is kind of a theme in it. That's actually one of the rules that I'm breaking because one of the, um, a very common note that I get from executives is to tone down the romance because um, boys think it's icky, <laughs> especially, especially young boys. And um, I actually really love romantic and sexual tension in storytelling. So, um, I just literally want... vices. So, were you pleased with the Legend of Korra? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> from a from a romantic standpoint. <laughs> from a romantic, I mean, I think that Legend of Korra is amazing, and whatever they learned on Avatar, they took it to another level. The um, the romantic stuff, I have to admit, you know, I don't know that I felt it in my gut like I did with um, with Avatar. Like, like I wasn't pining for those, for you know, Korra and Mako or, or, Korra and Asami or whoever to get together, quite like, like I liked the love triangle of, of Aang, Zuko, um, Katara. Oh, I remember <laughs> those days. People were really fighting for like, oh, this is um, my ship and it's my OTP. They wanted fiction for real. Like we, uh, you know, it <laughs> yeah. goes but so far. But I really liked that that was going down. And I think that's something that we squeezed into Green Lantern with Razor and Aya. And God, that went over like gangbusters. I didn't even anticipate how, how well received that was gonna be. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is, is I, I think it's a, I mean, it, the best way I can put it is like, if you're watching any other show, like Walking Dead or Mad Men or whatever, um, romantic or sexual tension is it's such a useful storytelling device and when you can't do that at all because of some arbitrary rule suddenly you know it it, it makes the average story that you tell about the same old bs like um mediocre villains trying to take over the world this episode because he's villain because he's evil <laughs> or something and you know there's there's just nothing there's nothing to work with there. So um, part of my goal is to prove that that um, you can tell really good stories involving that type of subject matter and that there's an audience for it. Right, indeed. Well, that actually wraps up the question and answer portion. So we're going to go right into our rap segment, which is our rapid fire question and answer se segment. Basically, okay. I'm just going to give you and you should know this since you listen to the show, but basically <laughs> I'm going to give you uh, two answers and you just have to pick one. The first that comes to your head, okay? Oh my God, okay. <laughs> All right, ready? So this is like multiple choice. But there's only two choices. Only have two yeah. choices. Okay. So ready? Okay. First up, Falcon or War Machine? War Machine. Uh, wire or Breaking Bad? Wait, what was the first one? The Wire or oh, the Breaking wire. Bad? I am ashamed to say I haven't watched The Wire yet, so I'm going to go Ooh. Breaking Bad. All Ooh. right. Don't tell Ben, I mean. Right. 
That's on my to-do list. Okay. Everyone's everyone's mad at me today. <laughs> no, that's all right. You've been you've been making quality TV, so it's an excuse. Yeah, it's the best excuse. We'll for let nothing. that go. Yeah, missing some quality TV. <laughs> okay. Hal Jordan or John Stewart? Mm, I'm gonna go with Hal Jordan because I have such a a history with him. But man, we were gonna have something so cool with John Stewart if we would have got to pick up. <laughs> Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, one of the storylines that we were working with was that Sinestro was gonna frame Hal Jordan. So while while Sinestro was doing all these deviant things in the Green Lantern Corps, he was going to blame it all on Hal. So Hal was gonna get like excommunicated and basically like like uh, oh god, was like a, a fugitive. Oh, and so. John Stewart was going to be the guy that was hunted, going to hunt him down, and I, I was kind of was dying to do those scenes where, wow. you know, cause, cause he's that like would have been so dope. Yeah, and like, and and you know, it would inevitably come to Hal sort of like clearing it up, and then they would team up to, to Sinestro or confront him at least. But um, but yeah, I was I was so ready to tell that story. <laughs> All right, Teen Titans or X Men? X Men. I, I actually who who's your fa- this is an honest quote who's your favorite non-human alien Green Lantern? It's not a it's not a bribe question, but I honestly am wondering what you you uh, who would be your favorite alien Green Lantern? Alien? Oh, um, I guess like from the series or from just like e- either. But you could you could keep it to the series. I mean, I guess if it was a series, then so we're saying Green Lantern. I would. I would maybe say Kilowog, I guess. Right. <laughs> Kilowog's a favorite. I just adored that character and, and like the the um, the personality that Kevin Michael Richardson brought to right. me was just really cool. Okay. Lo- um, but I, I also really liked Sword Ignatu in um in the comics. Right. And wow. He was another one that I wanted to get in the show. All right. Luke Cage or Black Panther? I like Black Panther. So do we. <laughs> All right, here's- Are you going to compare my answers? Are you going to grade them? <laughs> of course. No. No. <laughs> no. All right, this is the big one. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. That's easy. <laughs> oh, I know everyone's so pleased about that. I'm sure. <laughs> well, he worked on Star Wars. I know, I know. What what character's death has struck you as the worst in in any you know comics cartoons you know what, but what what character death you know has had the biggest effect on you? Hmm. Oh man, I don't I don't know that there's one off the top of my head, but uh, one that really bothered me was um, I don't know if this counts, but. When they killed Adriana in The Sopranos. Oh wow! Oof, nice. That's a great answer. I was like, how could they do that? Right. I was so convinced that she was gonna, like, at, at worst, go on the lam or something like that. Right. The whole time in the car, you're thinking, you're thinking, this is not gonna, he's not gonna kill her, he's not gonna kill her, and then, and then he kills her. Yeah, that was really. I mean, that was one rip. Kind of like a couple of days after the show, like, we're right. still talking about it. Like, I can't believe she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> No, I had dinner with my dad like a week later after that episode, and he was bringing it up still, and it was literally like a week later, and, you know, obviously we had a lot of other stuff to talk about, but he was still haunted by it. Yeah, I mean, that one really stuck with me. And then, and then they, they made a couple more really shocking ones after that, but right. that was the one that made me uh, go, God, any, 
anything's possible on the show. All right, John Colo. Finally, if you can only pick one, who would you choose to play Green Lantern in a live action movie? Tyrese or Common? <laughs> only one. I, I would probably go Common. Yes. I think when I think of John Stewart, he's a little more. Um, I don't know. He takes himself seriously, and I think Common at least gives off that vibe. Unless you listen to his very early work, <laughs> he does <laughs> take himself right. very seriously. Yes. <laughs> he's a much when he first came out, but um, Tyrese. He's like, also a better actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something about Tyrese that, like, I don't know. It's it's not quite right for me, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't protest it if they went that way, but... I mean, you you can't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ends our BRAP segment. You have survived it. Congratulations. Thank you. I hope I did it right. I, I, oh, yeah. In my imagination, I was just supposed to say the word really fast, but I can't help <laughs> no, you can, no, no, There's that, no that right or okay. wrong answer. Just fine. Right, right. So before we leave, can you let the fan bros know where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Um, so on... Twitter, it's Giancarlo underscore Volpe. And honestly, the hardest thing about that is spelling my name correctly. Um, so I don't know, maybe you'll have it on your... It'll be on the... Yeah, definitely be on the page. Absolutely. Yeah, just check the page. And then on um, Tumblr, it's Giancarlo Volpe without the underscore dot Tumblr dot com. And um, the other thing that I should really mention too is... I also do a podcast um, with my wife and my friend, Kurt Matilla, oh, called wow. the Big Full Podcast. Um, so please, please listen to that as well. I have a feeling if you like Fan Bros, it'll be right up your alley. We talk about a lot of the same stuff. Excellent. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you can what? follow them at, at, or follow us at Big Full Pod on Twitter. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you again, John Carlo, for coming on the show. We really appreciate you. Appreciate all your work. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. And when I'm not making beats, rapping, or pursuing a PhD, I am always listening to the Fan Bros. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to the voice of the urban geek. This is Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech. And I want to go right into some TV news now. We have McCab Brooks, who's actually just been cast in the Supergirl show yeah. as Jimmy Olsen. The internet has, uh, it's been pretty divided. Um, well, first, for those who don't know who McCad Books, a, a lot of people recognize him from True Blood. He's actually played Eggs. And we <laughs> I can't have, believe you said that with a straight face. Right? I can't say his name with a straight face. Like, we have some stuff to say about Eggs. I know Captain Kirkisha, she, she doesn't really rock with him much. Right. But, um, so what do you guys think about this cast? I mean, I I don't unless unless he's it's done casting. some some other stuff that I don't know about. I mean, I think it's it's I mean, fine. He, he does some movies and stuff, but, but but it it does it does seem. I mean, I think it's I think it's cool that there's a, a black Jimmy Olsen. I just yeah. feel like there, it is. I don't know. It, it seems like a random choice out of left field. That's all. I think it's kind of. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal because I mean, quote unquote, it's just Jimmy Olsen. I mean, I, I think it's kind of along the lines of at least for me when they announced. Um, the black Johnny Storm, like all of a sudden, all hell broke loose, and I'm just like, but who cares? Like, I think you can talk around that. Well, the 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 fact that he's black and is Jimmy going to be Jimmy Olsen isn't the issue for me. I'm looking more from the fact of he's Jimmy Olsen, and do you guys know who's playing Supergirl, right? No. no. Okay. Uh, her name is Melissa Benoist. She's a pretty new actress. Um, but 
judging from Makad, Makad, Machad, whatever, <laughs> judging from Eggs' stature um, <laughs> and how big he is, I'm a little confused as to if he's going to be like a big brother figure or a romantic interest for her. Right, that's what I mm. meant by the because he's a big guy. He's, he's, he's like a six four, good looking. You know, he's not what you imagine as Jimmy Olsen. You don't imagine exactly. this dude in a plaid jacket with a bow tie. You know, um, oh Miss Lane, oh Miss Lane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, I don't think he's gonna. What does play that say that about Lois? If he's like that, it's a re, it's a big rethinking of 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 the Jimmy Olsen character, which is fine. I mean, it's a seventy five year old character. It's fine. It's fine to you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. What I do have a problem with though is the news about the casting for the Teen Titans live action TV show that's going to be on TNT. In fact, I'm so mad about that. Somehow, uh, the fan bro show Twitter read my mind and started creating these memes. Oh yeah, you're famous. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, ex- and, and a lot of p- people pick this up. The, what's going on with the show? So, so apparently they they cast a show and there's absolutely no characters of color. There are no characters of color, and it's 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 almost it's half white and it's well, so half white. It's ha- <laughs> it's pretty good with like male and female, but it's not really like it's all white people and aliens. So you've got yeah. Nightwing, you've got Hawk and Dove, you've got Raven, you've got Starfire. Where's Cyborg? Where's Cyborg? So, so that, Where's Bumblebee? Wait, wait. That, so Bumblebee, I was going to say. But wait, this is the thing. I, I definitely am not cool with them not having a diverse team. But once they announced that Cyborg was going to be in the JLA, like he's just not going to be in the JLA and the Teen Titans in the same universe. That's going to be us, though. So I, I don't I don't think can you give an example uni- but uh, we're well, getting well, a flash in the Justice League film you played by also, a different actor. But okay, so why can't we have a different side? I have show. a huge problem with that that they have different actors playing the Flash on TV and well, in the movies. Well, th- but that's what I'm trying they to also explain. They made it clear that it's not going to be the same universe. It's not the though. same universe. That's what I'm saying. The TV DC, hell, DC is not really doing it like that. Like you said, they have different characters, uh, different people playing diff- uh, the same character. Well, why not do? I, I was under the impression, especially because Teen Titans, he's younger anyway. So right. what's the difference? I'm well, not I, sure they're going to go with a young route, though. I was under really? the impression it's the same universe because the Supergirl is going to be in the shared universe. With no, it's all, not. That was the news when it was when it was released. I'm not because it's airing on two different networks. Right, but they said it was going to be in the same universe, didn't they? On and, two and, different networks. Yeah, and, Supergirl's going to NBC. No, I know. I'm just saying, how are they going to do the same I, that universe I, yeah. on two different networks? I, I, I thought I had read that they they were that that was a shared universe, and then the Superman and Batman movies are going to be in in the same universe as the JLA movie. So I just sort of assumed that the Teen Titans one was also going to be in in that universe. That was an assumption. Maybe. I mean, that's totally possible. We don't really know much about the show yet. No, again, I'm not defending their decision to leave out. I, they obviously would have been really dope to bring in Bumblebee. Um, she could use some love, right? So uh, you know. Um, I'm definitely not defending the, the the decision to whitewash the Teen Titans. All I'm saying is I never expected Cyborg to be in the Titans once I saw he was in JLA. That that's all I'm saying. And 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 I read on Twitter someone said that they're supposed they're changing up Hawk and Doug's physically. I don't know what that means. That could I mean, be anything. That could right. be, that could be this them making making them women because in the comics right now, right? Because normally the Hawk and Dove are two brothers, but now it's like two, in the comics it's two women right now, right? So that could be the big change. No, it's, it de- like it's a definitely a, st- it it's like a step a- back. It's 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 a uh, it's it's a stick in the eye to fans. I mean, there's definitely no doubt. It's not a smart move. It's not a great creative move. Um, I just don't get how they fall so off the rails with these kind of things because in the animated series of DC of their history, they're known for having like a diverse cast, even with like just yeah. the extras on the street. There are people of all colors, right? But on live action stuff, it's kind of very like young and white. How does that happen? 
maybe they'll hear us and make some changes because it's not out yet. No, so it's not, but you never know. Uh, one thing I just wanted to quickly touch upon: they have cast Harper for the Jessica Jones show. It's actually going to be Carrie Ann Moss. Trinity's back. Trinity is back. She will be joining the rest of the cast that includes Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, David Tennant as Kilgrave, Rachel Taylor as Patsy, and Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. All right. Isn't he getting his own show too, though? Yeah. Yeah. And Patsy is Hellcat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are we gonna get one of those like jumping, crouching tiger moments from <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss? I hope not. I hope so. I I don't need that right now. <laughs> So we're going to move on to one of our favorite segments ever. Oh? Comics I Caught. Cool. All right. Well, I guess since Benjamin's on here, I'll talk about some comics. Awesome. Um, I've been reading lately some X-Men. And mm. recently, uh, I've read Uncanny X-Men 30, which was written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Chris Anka. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because a lot of things happen in this book. But there are three really big things that happen. If you want to find out, go out and read the book. But... We get the return of a, of, of a dead character, and two really popular characters are no longer with us. But Secret Wars is coming up in May. Yes. Who knows how long that's going to that's gonna stay. But what what Marvel seems to be doing with the X-Men is building up to something really grand. Maybe it feels like what they're building up to is a reboot. Secret Wars makes sense. Yeah. But not just a reboot of like the entire Marvel Universe, but like starting from scratch with the X-Men. Because they've made a lot of changes mm. in the past few years where mutants aren't as profiled in the marvel universe right so starting from scratch just the team itself or just starting from scratch i think they're going to start from scratch after secret wars i think they're going to start from scratch with what the x-men mean in the marvel universe what mutants mean in the marvel right okay that's dope so what else you've been listening to well sorry (laughs) so what you've been reading ty uh i'm reading uncanny avengers 2 uncanny avengers is written by rick remender okay with art by daniel lacuna I'm not really a big fan of this book. It came out after uh, Age of, uh, not Age of X, uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. And it was kind of supposed to be like this reintroducing of like a jointed Marvel Universe where mutants and regular heroes could get along and like promote diversity. And they even called it the Avengers Unity Squad. The problem with it, though, is that the book went on a little too long. Rick Memender has a habit of just extending his stories to be a little too long. So you get bored with them really easily. Mm. Uh, With this one, most recently, it's a reboot of the book. So you have a whole new team. It's uh, Black Falcon, or falcon is black black captain america falcon uh scarlet witch quicksilver rogue dr voodoo who is another black character and he's got a conk oh god it's weird he has a conk and it's got this weird white patch in the middle it's so weird but uh what happened recently with uh the uncanny avengers we found out that magneto isn't the father of quicksilver and scarlet witch you are not the father. So Pretty much. It was one of those moments. Who is? That's the whole thing. They're starting off the book with discovering who their parents are, or who their father is, at least. Right. And I'm not totally sure who I'm invested in those two characters enough to really keep reading this book. But mm-hmm. the good thing about it is that there are other characters to carry the book as well. Sabretooth is on the team. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. After Axis, uh, at the plot of Axis was that they switched up the alignment of the characters. So good became evil, evil became yeah. good. And it switched back, of course. But some of the characters stayed changed Sabretooth was one of those characters and he's a good guy now kind of replacing wolverine since wolverine died in the comics is this the liev schreiber version of Sabretooth <laughs> or actually, the 90s cartoon actually version? i am kind of getting the Liev schreiber vibe from this really guy. not so evil but like in that uh, how he was in that movie which eh. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i agree yeah but it is kind of giving me that vibe if it was like a, a, a if it was good mm. and besides that i'm not really reading anything else uh Fanbros, why don't you tell us what you're reading so we could read some new things. Awesome. So with that, we're going to take a quick break to wrap up this episode of Fanbros Show. 
Yo, this is your friendly neighborhood Megaran with a special announcement. Make sure you're following the Fan Bros Show on iTunes. Subscribe on Facebook, like it, and on SoundCloud and Twitter, follow it. Welcome back. We're here to wrap up this episode of Fan Bros. This is Chico Leo. I'm here with Ty the Robot and Tatiana King. Can I just say something real quick? Okay, yeah. so you guys can't see us in the studio when we're doing this, and <laughs> Chico Leo just did the funniest like baby <laughs> clap. <laughs> I wish you guys could see it. Well, I'm sort of constrained in the corner over here. I know, here. it's just funny. You know, it's not as much room as the escape pod in this spaceship. <laughs> so I know, Ty, you had some news you wanted to discuss. Oh, yeah. So Viola Davis, who just won a SAG Award. Yes. Uh, she is working with, or she wants to work with, Jennifer Lopez in a film. For why? Yeah, who, who hasn't won any awards, I don't believe. You know, uh, she's so nice. She's, she's won she's, awards. She's a lovely woman. Maybe not for acting, but for why? She has won awards. Uh, she's working with Jennifer Lopez on a film. Okay. It's kind of going to be like an action flick about two grieving mothers. And from the description I saw, it's supposed to be like a mashup of Fight Club and Thelma and Louise. I was just going to say Th- Thelma and Louise with guns. Oh, oh, well, well, yeah. But Thelma and Louise I, with... With that, I mean, that's with, not with, really... A, with vengeance? Yeah, they're not really giving us much of, a, much of a plot. But from that little premise they put out, I'm kind of into the idea idea of this so which one is playing the melissa mccarthy role right. and which one is playing the uh what's her face uh the, i you don't know, from speed uh i you don't know, know that there's going to be a melissa mccarthy you know role which movie this. i'm talking about that cop movie that female cop movie that came out oh with sandra year. bullock and yes yeah, so Ma- which one is sandra bullock and which one is melissa mccarthy see either one movie- of them really gives me like comedy though jennifer I, lopez I bet, has tried th- yeah jennifer lopez has tried and i actually think she probably could do Comedy. I I will say that I I thought right. she was great in Selena, but uh, other than that, I, I don't have, think much. That movie came out so long ago. I know, but Viola Davis has been doing all kinds of things for you know. She's the hot black actress right now. Are they going to have some type of like comedic element? Because this doesn't sound funny to me at all. I don't think it's meant to be a comedy. Yeah, I know it's an action. And I'm kind of hoping it's not because Jennifer Lopez was what's the enough that movie? Mm-hmm. You don't like that movie? You didn't like enough? Mm. It was enough the one with uh, where it's she's the one where there. her husband's yeah, beating yeah, her yeah, and yeah. she trains up and goes and whoops his ass. Right. The f- the training montage. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, okay. We I, need a montage. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the about the uh, the team up, but you know, it, it's an interesting. And it's being idea. produced by uh, uh, Viola's own company. Okay, so. I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm here for that, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. If I can get a, like a Fight Club movie with those two actresses, I'm into it. Will there be scenes of them punching themselves in the face like in, in, in Fight Club? I don't know Jennifer Lopez will do that. Okay. I don't think she would touch her. I don't think, yeah, like I don't that. think she would even try to like, her stunt double's going to be doing that. Right, I guess that's true. As long as there are high speed chase scenes, I'm good. Oh, probably. Yeah. All right, so now that we're done with that, is there anything else you want to mention, Chico Leo, before we go? I don't think so. Nothing. I think, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> no, is there something that I'm supposed to be mentioning? Well, sometimes you have something clever to say. That's but I true. Guess today... I got, no, I, I got all my cleverness out uh, in, in, in our interview with our great guests. All right, Ty? I'm black and I'm proud. All right. Fat Bros. Fat Bros.